Hey, my name is Yolanda and welcome to Frank Factualities, the podcast. Tune in each week as I speak frankly about life experiences from my perspective and offer you a bit of unsolicited advice. Let's take a little time to laugh, to think, and to cry as we tackle some serious topics and some not so serious topics. Be sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode. Today we are going to talk about sexual abuse. Now I know that's a bit of a heavy subject. However, um, it is really complex and layered, so it'll be in three parts and um, I will lay those parts out weekly. So this will be like a series, I guess, as I kind of peel back the layers of this particular story or my experience with sexual abuse. And so, of course, it starts at a young age. I think on the last episode, I mentioned to you all that I wasn't the typical high school student and that I had a daughter in high school that was about five by the time I was a senior. So if you did the math, you probably realized that I was very young. I was actually 12 at the time that I had her. And so, um, it was actually my first time. And now, you know, when you're a kid, you think like all of this little like humping around you're doing is actual sex. But trust me, that first encounter, you know that there's a difference. And so uh, the first time I had sex, I got pregnant. Yes. And um, it was, as you could imagine, a very traumatic situation. And so I was it was over the summer and I was getting ready to go into my sixth grade year in middle school. Now, just to give you a little idea what kind of kid I was, I was like maybe a hundred pounds, 105 pounds, tomboy, ran, uh, climbed trees. So, you know, I really wasn't that type of, you know, um, like sexually active girl and or either, you know, flirtatious or that, you know, type of thing. I was really just kind of peer pressured, I I call it, into it and, you know, trying to prove a point, like I'm not scared. So long and short, that happened. And uh, because I was going into school and I was very young and, and very small, the doctors were a little afraid of me being stressed out at school. So I got taken out of school. Um, I was probably in for maybe like a month when school started. And so I was home. I wasn't even I was barely two months pregnant. And so I didn't go to school that entire time that I was pregnant. And so you know, I was already the talk of the neighborhood. We lived in what you all would probably, the world would call projects here where I'm from. We just call them apartments, but they were projects. And so as you can imagine, it was a lot of people, a lot of kids around. And so my mom thought it was good to announce to everyone when we got home from the doctor that I was pregnant and to call out every boy that was around and ask where they the father. So it was very embarrassing. But anyway, um, that happened. And so automatically, the assumption was that I was, as we would call it down in the South fast and that I was promiscuous. And so that was what was rumored. So in my neighborhood, it was this guy that lived maybe, um, two apartments down from me. And right, even before I got pregnant, he was always saying these very nasty things. You know, when I say nasty, I mean, nasty, like, you know, I hate the P word, by the way, so I'm not going to use it, but I'll say vagina. Um, he would say stuff like, I bet that vagina's pink. 
I bet it, you know, I bet it's tight. You know, this is a grown man. He's living with his wife and he's living with his children. And so, you know, he would make these comments as I walked by the apartment to go like check the mail. And like I said, this was before I was pregnant. So just keep that in mind. I'm going to get back to that guy, but I just wanted to give you an idea um, of kind of where all of this came from before I, I mentioned him again. And so here I am pregnant. Now I am home and uh, I don't have anything to do. So I'm quite bored. At this time, my mom was separated from my stepfather, uh, who was my brother's father. My brother and I are like eight years apart. And so I'm about um, 10 when they separated. But at this time, I'm pregnant. I'm 12 years old. So he had been gone for about two years. And my mom, again, was just exploring her life um, because she had been married since 18. So she had just been exploring and kind of dating guys. So this guy would come over to see her and and, and he didn't have a car. So whenever he came, it was always with someone. So this guy that he used to bring over, I guess, took a liking to me. And so, yes, I'm a child. I know. And he was about 25 years old. And so every time he would come over, he would ask my mom, can he go to the restroom? But he would corner me in the hallway um, or come in my bedroom and he would feel up on me, you know, touch my breast, touch my butt, you know, whatever. And I didn't say anything. I thought he was cute. I'm a young girl, very impressionable. I didn't tell anybody. I just thought it was just innocent flirting and the age difference for whatever reason at that time didn't even register to me. And here I am pregnant. And I guess he just assumed, you know, no justification, but like, okay, damage is done. Now he never tried anything while I was pregnant. The most he did was like kiss me and grab me. I mean, that's enough, of course. But uh, nothing sexual happened until after I had the baby. After I had the baby, he started to pursue a little uh, deeper. He would like ask to have sex. And so I would sneak him into my mom's house when she was asleep at night. And so we would have sex. And um, that probably went on for maybe about five or six months. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of disappeared. He didn't call me anymore. He wasn't coming over with um, his friend. And so I just kind of lost contact. Well, That same friend that was coming over to see uh, my mom started bringing over another friend who happened to be his cousin. And that guy also took a liking to me. And so, you know, at first it was just, you know, flirting. He was um, about 21. Um, And so nothing happened. You know, he just kind of kept and we were talking. But in the middle of him visiting and us talking, I remember my grandmother said to me, she said, you know, you have a daughter now, you have a child. And so you need someone that's going to help you take care of your child. And so she was trying to imply that I needed to give this man a chance. And so was my mom. So the encouragement to be in a relationship with this 21 year old was there because he had asked my mom how she felt about us dating. I was a little, you know, hesitant about it only because I wasn't really vibing with him like that. But, um, you know, so at this point, I'm sitting on it. Well, that same guy that I was mentioning to you all that was saying all these nasty things to me ended up raping me about um, around that time. I was I was home. My neighbors were home and well, their parents weren't home. All of the kids were home and we had like our doors open um, the back door and we were having like this little behind the house party, I guess you can call it. So we had like our doors open. The radio was playing on the same station in both homes. And we had our little neighborhood friends just kind of in the backyard hanging out with us. So, you know, the, there, there was no lock on the door. The screen, you know, the door was open. The screen door was unlocked and, you know, kids were just in and out. And so I went in, in my house for a second and I guess he followed me in and into my bedroom. And that's when he held me down, you know, uh, forced himself on me, 
covered my mouth, you know, so that no one could hear me, which they couldn't anyway, because the radio was on and um, did what he had to do. And he left. So I immediately like shut down the party or my house and showered. And I didn't tell anybody. And I didn't because I felt like I was already seen as the hot little girl in the neighborhood who had this baby young. So even though that was my first time, that was not people's perception of me. Their perception was that I was this fast girl and that, you know, I I just assumed they would have thought that I deserved it or I wanted it. So I never said anything. And um, it was very uncomfortable, obviously, living there. And so and having to still pass by and look this man in the face. So after that, I was very uh, vulnerable. I was very sad and in a, a really dark place. So this guy that wanted to be in a relationship with me pretty much uh, started to sound a little better. So I ended up um, going out with him. This was in the open. He used to come pick me up. We went places. He bought my daughter things. He bought me things. You know, he was taking care of us. And so, you know, that relationship went on for probably a year. Now, you know, I don't know how everyone else seen, you know, saw it. I can only tell you, you know, from my perspective, how it went. It just seemed as if it were a regular relationship to me. At this time, my daughter is about one. And so, like I said, he's being the father figure. And what I can tell you, it happened because I don't have any shame. You know, I my motto is that whatever I've been through, somebody else has already been through or will go through. So there's nothing to ever be embarrassed or ashamed about. Um, but what happened was he came to me one day and said that I needed to go to the clinic or that he needed to take me to the clinic because, um, he had got something from somebody that he was dealing with. So I needed to go and, you know, get my pills or whatever. So that's what happened. He took me and, um, I never saw him again. He disappeared after that. And that was pretty much the end of that. But it wasn't the end of my relationship with older men. From that point on, I ended up dating another guy. I was still about 14, you know, and I was dating a guy that was 23. Um, He used to come by and pick me up. I used to go see him. And this particular guy was, you know, kind of abusive, um, very, very abusive. I would say not kind of Um, his story may go into the next series just because you know, there's some, again, layers to it. But all in all, in that time frame from when I was about 12 until I was about 14, 15 years old, I had dated or seen three men that were older and that there was no problem with it, in, including being approached by um, the boyfriends or husbands of family members and them saying inappropriate things to me. I remember my cousin and I would be at um, her house and her mom would have like a card party or, you know, she would have, um, you know, kickbacks or what we call it or the kids would call it maybe now. And so her room, you had to go through the kids room to get to the bathroom. And so the guys would come through, the men would come through the bathroom or try to go to the bathroom and would touch us, make inappropriate comments. And so these type of things would just go on and hindsight being 2020, of course, my child was a a daughter. I have a a girl. And so I can remember the times that she was 10 and 11 and 12. And, you know, she would tell you that I was overprotective, but obviously you, you can see why, because of all of the things that I've experienced and the things that I know, I don't know if at the time 
my mom considered me a child. Like I said, she was pretty old school. My grandmother was old school. And I'm going to take this a little deeper because I'm going to talk about the R. Kelly situation for just a second. And I wanted you to take, I just want you to listen to my perspective on it. And I'm not saying that he's right. And I'm not saying what happened to these, to these girls or young girls is right. But I want you to just take a second and put a spin on it and put yourself in, in these shoes. I just told you that my, my family, my grandmother in front of my mom said that I was grown because I had a daughter and that I needed to date a man that could take care of me. So it was sanctioned in my house and that it was okay for me to date. There was nothing wrong with it in my mind. So yes, those men knew that they were wrong, but for me, it wasn't wrong. And they knew that my mom or my, my didn't mind or didn't care because they were doing it and getting away with it. So it is psychologically something wrong with that picture on a lot of different, a lot of different areas. But I don't know why the psyche of someone would say that just because you have a baby, you're grown. But if we take it back a little further, my grandmother had, I want to say 11 kids. Don't quote me and family. Don't get mad if I mess that up. But back in the day, and I'm talking about back, back, like our great grandmothers, you know, they were having babies and getting married at a very young age. All of our, not all, but you know, a lot of our great grandparents had like 12 and 11 kids. Well, they weren't having these kids at 25 and 30. They were getting married and having kids at the same age I was 13, 14, 15. And they were marrying older men. And for them, that was normal. You know, we they were raising daughters to be married and taken care of by men. So for her, that was the norm. And yes, we were in a different generation. But at the end of the day, that was her psyche. That's all she knew. That's what her mother taught her and her mother before that taught him. And somehow we just forget that, that, you know, yeah, that was our our era when you watch the color purple it was the same thing that was happening well you can't have this daughter but you can have that daughter and so these were the things that were taking place this is how we were being reared yes that is definitely we know just abuse on all levels sexually of children you know that was probably the first definition of trafficking your parents was trafficking you off to whoever the grown man was that could you know take care of you because they had so many kids and now it's time for you to cook and clean at somebody else's house but that's what what they were thinking and so I think that that was the mindset of my grandmother and my mom at the time again no justification of it being a right or wrong thing but that is what happened and so Believe it or not, I still hear some of those things today. I think I mentioned before to you all that I work at a high school. Um, I'm a school counselor and I, I hear these stories from a lot of young ladies a lot that their mother's boyfriends or their mother's boyfriend friends are, you know, approaching them and talking to them and, you know, touching them and doing all these other unimaginable things. I just want you all to pay better or closer attention, I should say, to your kids, whether they are girls or boys, because everybody isn't going to consider them as children and everybody won't look at them that way. And everybody doesn't have the same psyche and mindset on these different things. And I know that, you know, sometimes how it happens a lot is just that we're not paying attention. We're having a party. We're paying attention to our own needs. 
And just a little side note, we got to stop with these like grown people at kids party things or either just having a bunch of grown people at our house and partying while our kids are there. Because a lot of times this is when these type of things happen. So you turning up and you got all your people over and y'all drinking and having a good time. And yes, your kids are there. But let's be honest, our kids don't lock their doors. They better not. So now people are in and out going to the bathroom all through your house and you just never know what will happen. And sometimes it's the people closest to you. So I I am, I am just going to ask that you all pay closer attention to your children, to your nieces, your nephews, your cousins, and just make sure that we take care of our children and protect them. Like I said, whether they're male or female. And some people may not tell you, like I said, I got raped. I didn't mention it. So it may not happen, but you can make sure that you, and trust me, I was a teen mom protecting my child. So it's not impossible. She didn't go to anybody's house to spend the night because I didn't know them. And even if I did know them, I don't know the friends that they have over. So unless they're coming to my house, you're not going to their house. And so I know common sense isn't common for everyone. But again, if you love your kids, it it is our job to protect them, not just to raise them as well. So we're going to finish this story up next week. Um, What we're going to talk about next week is same sexual abuse. But as I got older, the abuse turned from older men to more like date rape situations and uh, being taken advantage of in relationships. And so it'll really be probably titled date rape. So we'll go into that and my experiences with with those type of things. And so we'll talk more on that. And then after that, we'll wrap it up with how those experiences the sexual abuse as a a child and into my teens and early adulthood affected my life sexually or my sexual life it it has effects and drawbacks and so we're going to wrap it up by saying that so I had a good time with you all talking chatting about my life today and I will see you guys on the next episode y'all take care be good be safe peace